Welcome to the Mongols Podcast. I'm Kevin. With me, we have Josh and Justin. And today, we're going to skip the intro. We're going to go right into it. Yeah, try to edit out, out, of, out of that mic. I think that's a great question. Now we got to get into the nitty gritty. Talk about the Hounds uh, beating Memphis 4-0, Josh. Mm. Well-timed. Um, guys, are the, are the Hounds ever going to lose again? Uh, Josh, are the, are the Hounds ever going to lose again? <laughs> uh, I mean, unfortunately, at some point in the future, maybe next season, hopefully, they will. Uh, they might lose a hopefully? game. Uh, hopefully really not weird. this season is what I'm saying. Right. Like, Hopefully any losing happens next season. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, this game was awesome. It felt like a huge weight kind of fell off, and not even because we were doing bad, just because it's like I haven't seen this type type of performance from the Hounds at home in a long time, where it felt like that dominant. It w- it was completely completely dominant, completely enjoyable to to watch. Justin, what was your kind of emotional take from it all? <laughs> yeah, I mean, emotional. I mean. Yeah, it was such a good game, such a clean game. I thought there was not a point in that game where I thought, uh, Memphis could come back here. Um, I mean, they just had nothing on either side of the ball, really, to combat what we were doing. So, yeah, I mean, it was a great game. So that makes three, it's a three-game winning streak, four games unbeaten. We're now eight wins, five draws at Highmark this season. Um, and yeah, I mean, like, you know, we've talked about the dominance of the game. I mean, if you look at the stats, we'll just run it down. Memphis had one shot on target, and even that was tame. Um, I feel like this was the first time in a while where we were got to 60% possession. Um, I, I think that, yeah, that has to be the highest we've had all season. Um, our passing accuracy was 82%. So happy to see that. And, uh, and yeah, we had 11 shots on target. I mean, it was... This was the most complete dominant performance I think I've seen in a while. Um, and before getting into maybe some more details of the game and talking about the goals and all that kind of stuff, I, I want to start the way I usually start when I'm hosting, and that's talking about the lineup. Um, so I, I thought I thought it was kind of interesting. You know, so I would say I think it's fair to say for a large portion of the season, um, Lily kind of goes with this mixed, kind of fluid back three with Greenspan. Adewale and Von Giziel deciding to step up and drop back into a defensive line when he wants to. Um, no Greenspan uh, this game, and instead of committing to the shape, instead of like committing to the system, and I mean, I, I caveat this because, uh, and I'll, I'll jump back on, on this in a second, he just replaces Greenspan with Von Giziel, stays with the back four, and puts in an extra, if you want to call it an extra, attacker in Velarde um, rather than trying to cover with an extra defender. Um, I think he doesn't do this if he's away at like a top four side. Maybe, maybe, I I don't know, I could be wrong. Um, But I don't know, I thought it was particularly interesting that, and and it felt like this was like for the second home game in a row, um, we went with a more clear like two center back system, back four, all that kind of stuff. Lily, obviously, he wants to be aggressive at home. And um, against, especially against the, the lower, the lower ranked teams, uh, guys, how how did you think? Like, what were you expecting this? Surely you weren't expecting. I mean, maybe you were expecting it. I don't know. But it, but it, it worked really well. 
I was nervous when I first saw this lineup. I was a little bit concerned because it did, it looked a little bit different than what we had been seeing. We had been talking about in previous episodes, uh, wanting to see consistent lineups and kind of having that feel that this team has gelled and this is the the formation that we expect and the the team the lineup that we expect. And seeing this one, uh, the first big concern was Greenspan. Was he? Like, did I he have an Greenspan. injury? No. So Greenspan. Um, being a reserve, I believe he had to go in for training for reserves. Like they go in, I forget how often, but oh. so he had missed military. Uh, I, yeah, military. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Uh, he had missed uh, practices because of that. So I, even though he was back in time for the game, he hadn't practiced with the team, from my understanding. So you know, it makes sense that he didn't start. But even with that knowledge, Greenspan is such a you know, we think of him as such a staple in this team and like a consistent play player for our team that not seeming the lineup is you know concerning. So, yeah, that that was the first thing that kind of like stuck out to me. Like, oh, this could be interesting. Justin, I mean, yeah, we we could have we could have just played Uzo in center back. We could have probably done something weird where we put like uh, Ryan James as center back and put like a No Frankie out in fullback and all that kind of stuff. He doesn't do that. He just puts Von Kizio as a dedicated center back and it, and it pays off. Yeah, I mean, I think to the point that I think you've been trying to make all season long has been bravery. And I think that's what he showed in this game was saying, all right, we're just going to play two center backs and we're going to put two guys on the field in Velarde and Mertz who are consistently pushing, consistently kind of pressing the midfield and and, and trying to overrun the midfield. And so I actually, I was actually really excited when I saw the lineup because I thought we're going to be on the front. We should be on the front foot most of the night. And that's a pretty good lineup to kind of stay on the front foot most of the night. So, I mean, I thought what he seemed to be going after worked and that's what it ended up, ended up happening. Yeah. I mean, I think it actually creates potentially a problem now. I mean, a good problem for Lily, uh, but I, thinking about this as I was walking out of work today, um, getting ready for the show, Greenspan and Adewale have been such standout performers this season. Um, I think it's hard to overlook them as a center back partnership and all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, you know, I, I think we can we, we play. We're obviously more aggressive that when we have two center backs and we don't force ourselves into that system. I mean, the structure allows us to be more aggressive in that. But at the same time, you know, if, if we stay with that, and if, if you're going to pick out a Wally and Greenspan as your center backs, I think Vonky Zeal gets a little lost. And I think it's really weird because I think Vonky Zeal is one of our best players. I, th- I think technically he's he's incredible. I think his, his like mental reading of the game and how he understands the game and the spaces he needs to pick up is art. I mean, maybe only Forbes rivals him in that. But at the same time, I, I think I really like the midfield of, of Forbes and Mertz. I think it works really well. I don't want to see Vonky Zio out on like a fullback area necessarily, um, so it gets weird. I, I don't I don't know how, what to do with Vonky Zio moving forward. If if I want to if I want to see Greenspan and Adewale at center back in a four four like defender system, Josh, I don't I don't like does Vonky Zio does Vonky Zio push out someone else in the midfield? Do we change the shape? I mean, do you think this is a problem or do you think it's completely fine just going back to like maybe a back three or something? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't feel like this is going to be the normal lineup every day in and out. Um, and it's also kind of telling that, yeah, we did have a strong attacking side, but two of these goals from this game came from defenders. What? <laughs> like, you know, if you told me, like, oh, we have Brett, we have Velarde, we have Dos Santos, Mertz, Kerr, Forbes, and 
the people who are going to score goals are Dover and Adewale. That's like, okay. okay. (laughs) So it's, it's kind of funny that, you know, there's plenty of opportunities for these other players. uh, Even if uh, Tommy V's, you know, more in the back to get opportunities to score goals. I don't think it's going to be a big deal if that's where he plays. I I guess though, Justin, do you think, I mean, how do you think this plays if in the future, let's say, let's, fantasize and say Lily is saying no I'm playing with four defenders now two fullbacks all that kind of stuff I mean what do you think happens to Von Kizio if in, in that scenario actually I actually think it gives him more creativity that he can play with right so I think to me Mertz has always looked better when he has a solid midfield behind him and he can kind of run crazy right so I think a, a, a sort of defensive or holding midfielder pairing of a, a Tommy V and a Canardo Forbes or a Dabo and Canardo Forbes allows Mertz a whole lot more freedom to kind of play the game that he plays. The crazy running around, chicken with your head cut off sort of game that he <laughs> plays at times. And I think yeah. like he could be way more effective when he has that kind of backing versus... Even when we play a back three and Von Kiesel has that freedom to kind of step in the midfield, he's not always there because he's sort of trying to also man that center back position. So I, I, I actually think given, the, given that shape, it actually make, makes Mertz, Mertz's game a little bit more effective. So I, I like the thought that there could be a potential that we move Tommy V into the midfield um or pair who, who, who drops out then though if, if 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 tommy v goes in the midfield and greenspan comes in the center back you know are, are we are we doing like a midfield three of vonky zeal mertz and forbes with like a front three of like a i don't know Kerr, DeSantis, brett kind of thing i mean i feel like yeah he's he's done a front three before in the i think it looks more like a midfield five almost right with with dos santos kind of running the point that like kind of on either side of dos santos you have um, I mean, last, I guess Saturday night, you had Velarde on one side and Mertz sort of on the other. But I think, you know, you can run Kevin Kerr out there on one of the sides. You could run, you know, you could run either of them, you know, Mertz and so, Kerr or so, whatever. So, so. so Brett's name potentially drops out of there. No, I think that, the, I think Dos Santos is your kind of attacking midfielder like he's been playing and then Brett's your striker. You have a midfield five, so you have two holding midfielders, and then you have three you just sort said of attack- like twelve players. No, I did not. <laughs> no, I did not. Let me explain my lineup then. All right. <laughs> I'm not being clear. So you have your back four, right? So you have Greenspan. Yeah. You have Greenspan, Adewale, James, and Dover, kind of as your back yeah. four. Your holding yeah. midfielders then become any combination of Forbes, Dabo, Vankiazil, Kazai. Right. And then your attacking midfielders become. And are you playing two yeah. of those? Okay. And then your attacking midfielders become Dos Santos, and then any yeah. combination of Velarde, Mertz, Kerr, and then you have Brett up top. Okay. So you have a five. Right. It's sort of a five. It's more of a yeah. four-five-one, essentially. <laughs> yeah. I got gotcha. you. Okay. So so now I want to digress a little bit before we start talking about the goals and all that kind of stuff. So. Vonky Zeeland for Greenspan frees up Velarde to come on and join the the relatively stable uh, Forbes, Mertz, Kerr, DeSantos, Brett combination. Um, How did you guys think Velarde, how do you think he played? I I thought it was really weird. So obviously he hasn't had a ton of time 
lately. Velarde's not playing a ton of games. I think, if anything, you saw more game time earlier on in the season. Um, And I just, I thought he tired really quickly. I thought, like, by the end of the first half, he looked he looked really tired but at the same time i mean there were there were moments of of nice touches in there and all that kind of stuff but josh i don't know did did velarde stand out for you in this game did you notice no, what I, he was doing I, or? no honestly i velarde's i mean so it's kind of weird because i never felt like memphis really got into the game so i felt like no one had a bad game on our side yeah. Like, yeah. there's not a single person that feel where I was like, man, get that guy out of there. Like, so no one had a bad game, in my opinion, uh, Vlade included. But doesn't mean I remember much that he did. You know what I mean? It's one of the yeah. things where he, he was in a squeaky wheel. So he, he didn't, you know, make me think bad or good. He was just there. Just, Justin, it is kind of weird how I think at the beginning of the season, you know, when Velarde came in, I mean, I... All of us seemed to be more excited about Velarde than Mertz. Everyone was like, "Ah, oh, cool, yeah, Robbie Mertz, yeah, he's up for St. Clair, but whatever, he's out of Michigan." And <laughs> but we have this California kid who has like <laughs> all this other. Everyone was more excited about Velarde, and now Mertz is uh, is taking the city by storm. I think. I mean, for me, I thought Velarde had a pretty good game. Actually, I thought he looked closer to what he looked like the first two or three games of the season when we all went, "Oh my gosh, Velarde, so good." Um, so I think he, I think he got closer to that. I agree. He did tire quickly. Um, but that also, I think worked a little bit in Lily's favor of being able to put Dabo on early in the second half and kind of increase, you know, keep stepping up Dabo's minutes, um, since his injury. So I think like, I mean, it sort of worked out in Lily's favor to do that, but I also think, I mean, Velarde, yeah, Velarde definitely wasn't the best player on the field. But I didn't. I didn't think it was like uh, I'm not sure about him being on the field. I thought he got into some good positions at times, had some really good touches, and I think if his game more closely gets to what Mertz's is of sort of running around and causing problems, I think it uh, having a player like Dos Santos kind of in that midfield and kind of holding up some defensive midfielders and things, it frees those guys up to kind of run around a little bit. So. I like it. Yeah. I just didn't think he had like a standout game. Right. I don't know. Maybe his fitness was kind of juxtaposed against like Mertz and James around him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> Where sure. like Mertz and James are just doing like 40 yard sprints in the 80th minute. And you're just like, what the heck? All right. So 15 minutes out of the podcast, let's finally start talking about some goals. Um, <laughs> let's, let's, I'll, I'll run it through it real quick. So Adewale uh, gets a goal off of a corner in the 27th minute. Robbie Mertz um, scores uh, right before halftime and stoppage time in the 45th minute. Jordan Dover gets his goal in the 64th minute, and Dos Santos finishes finishes it up in the 69th minute. Um, before we even talk about all these, guys, pick your favorite goal. What was your Oof. What was your favorite goal over the over the four? Um, Justin, do you have a favorite goal? Um, because there were some. The reason why I say this is because, like, so like at least two were just like incredible, incredible goals that for me could have been up there. Like at the end of the season, we'll look back and put it in our top five goals of the season. I think, I think at least two of them were in here. Uh, to me, Dover's, um, and I think the reason why I think he he slips it into Dos Santos. And I think it's really easy at that point as a right back to remember your defensive responsibilities and not keep running. 
Uh, and he just kept going, and that allowed Dos Santos to kind of slip it right back to him. And I just thought that play was unbelievable. It was one of the best plays I think I've seen out of the Riverhounds all season um, as far as team passing and, and being in the right position and putting balls kind of right. I mean, he put a – Dos Santos put the perfect weight on it that the goalkeeper had no chance to get out to it, and Dover was just able to get his foot on it right before the keeper got there. I thought it was unbelievably good. Yeah, that was that was my pick too. I mean, because it, it did like no one did anything like ridiculous, but that was that was the beauty of it, right? It was just quick touch there. Every player knew where the other player was going to be. He knew he was going to make the run. Everything worked out. And Dover's finish, I mean, like understated for right back. Seriously. Like that's <laughs> like if if Brett puts that in the back of the net, we're like, oh, what a finish and all this kind of stuff by by a great finisher and great striker. Dover has Dover has a finish on. He does. Him. That was, was nice. I think mine probably would have been that one too, but honestly, uh, the most fun for me was probably the Mertz goal because it was so sloppy and everywhere, and it was like craziness in the box. Like it was, it was a deflection. It wasn't. Uh, I don't know if he. It, no, it should have been his. Is it? I'm glad okay. it was because I'm pretty sure the rule is if they can determine your original shot was gonna be mm-hmm. on net. Then if it takes it to okay, it doesn't cool. matter, it's still your goal. And it definitely was Okay, because when I saw so. it live, I, I noticed a deflection. And I was like, oh, he's not going to get that goal. And But then, like, they didn't say anything about it being, you know, an own goal. So I was like, okay, right. cool. He, it's his. Great. But, yeah, it, it was just, like, another example of you have to keep at the ball even after the shot doesn't make it in. You know what I mean? Like, he followed up on that ball, and he got the goal because of grit and determination and just not giving up on it. Uh, whereas in other times I feel like we, you know, we take that first shot outside the box or I forget where was that the original shot and it gets uh, blocked and that's, that's it. You know what I mean? So it's, it's kind of nice. Oh, I can, I can tell you about that original shot. Cause to me, that was like the best moment in the game outside, <laughs> outside of Dover's goal. Yeah. Dos Santos. What I, he, he, I think he muscles his way mm-hmm. through like one or two challenges and just fires a rocket like 20 yards out and it just pings the crossbar perfectly i wanted i wanted that to go in off the crossbar so bad and i was i was very disappointed when it did didn't um but yeah no i mean like mertz is right there johnny on the spot and uh i think it kind of typifies mertz as a player at the moment where he just yeah he he never gives up great fitness great player um, and that's that yeah, roller coaster, that, the roller coaster yeah. of emotions, and just like you know, as a fan watching the game and seeing that go down, uh, and just having everyone like heartbroken, crestfallen, and suddenly you know the cheering, the smoke, and it just, and it happened at the perfect time because it happened right before halftime, and I, even you know going into the half one down. It happened a while ago. You can kind of talk. Memphis can, you know, the coach can start giving that pep talk. But having a goal go in right before halftime, demoralizing. Yeah, I mean, that's that's <laughs> crushing. So it, it, perfect timing for that goal. Uh, and, yeah, it was just a lot of fun. I want to talk a little bit about – okay, so we've, we've talked about how great the Hounds were in this game. And I think rightfully so. I, would it be fair to say this is probably our most complete – performance of the season i remember what we we beat someone five nil recently somewhat recently away from home was it like um, hartford or something like that it sounds like a hartford game <laughs> i was gonna say it probably was hartford um but i i can't really recall we've scored more goals in a game um but i th- this was just so dominant i thought we were 
we were crisp. Our, you know, like I said, our passing was was great. We didn't give away the ball that needlessly. We were pressing. We were dominant. We were in control. But do you, so how much of that? I mean, I have my own answer, but I'll let you guys talk first. How much of that do you think was us playing our opponent, who's you know fourth from last in the East? They're they're not. You know, Memphis isn't a great team. We all know this. Um, how much of this do you guys think was you know we're really hitting our stride and we're pl- and and we could have put four past anyone you know Indy or Tampa or whoever and how much of this do you think you know was well you know of course anyone's going to put four past Memphis. I don't I don't think it was any I don't think it's necessarily anyone puts four past Memphis. I think and Memphis is not a good team, um, and that they, they have some they have some players who can play, but they they don't have a team and they're not they're not nearly as as good as the hounds are talent wise but i think i mean i i do think it's an indication that the hounds are are hitting their stride i mean i think had we not you know had we lost two nothing last week and then come back and have a four not then i go okay that was probably just memphis but like i mean we put four past hartford last week and they scored two worldies on us and ridiculous goals but we scored you know and then we score four again this week and i, and I just think we're starting to hit I think we're starting to hit a stride. Now, we have a couple games here that we can actually prove that against some good teams and against some teams that I think we may or may not struggle against. But um, but I think doing this kind of performance two games in a row, I think we're, we're starting to hit something and the guys are starting to play together. Yeah, I mean, we're the first team this season. Well, obviously this season because it's a new team. But uh, the, the score is four against them. No one else has had that many goals against them uh, in all their other games. Um, and by the way, the game that you were thinking of that we scored five was against Atlanta too. Um, so mm. yeah, also not a great team. In fact, they're below Memphis in the standings. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, it's not like this team is the punching bag of the USL and everyone's just scoring massive amount of goals against them. Uh, so that there's a lot to be said about how we, we performed and also getting that clean sheet. Uh, with a different defense than we normally have like that's a lot of confidence and that's that's great so I, I i do think this is a we've been talking about turning point and you know is this a turning point is this a turning point is and i feel like we're we've turned <laughs> already and we're yeah i feel like we've turned a yeah exactly and yeah. this is just on, keep on going forward and we do have a couple of tough games coming up so it will be uh telling because you know uh, New York Red Bulls too is not exactly a team that they're not next up in the lineup, but they're they're with the next. Yeah, let, let, let's stay on that topic. Both of you guys brought it up about the upcoming games. Um, what we have one more game against who's it next week? Swope is it Swope Park? Yeah, yeah, Swope Park at home uh, at Highmark. Um, Another team that I think all of us are going to be expecting a win against. You know, we're home and Swope Park aren't that great. But as you both mentioned, after that, we have the Red Bulls away. We have North Carolina away. We have Loudoun at home, but then we go away to Ottawa, who's playing pretty well this season. And I think after after ne- uh, next week, yeah, it is next week, um, against Swope Park, that's that's when challenges start coming back in. It, it does feel like we've had a pretty favorable, favorable run, but at the same time, I don't know. I... I I don't think we're just playing down to the level of easy teams are playing against. I mean, let's not forget a couple, you know, three or four weeks ago, we played North Carolina um, at Highmark. A North Carolina team, which I, I want to say at the 
time might have been third or fourth. I think they've dropped down recently, and they're just above like us and fifth. Um, but at the time, we're, we're flying higher, and, and we beat them 1-0. And I want to say, I mean, it's not 4-0. We beat them 1-0. But once again, it was a pretty commanding performance where, from memory, North Carolina didn't, didn't control the game that well. And so, I mean, that's an example of a good team coming to Highmark and us still being the, the dominant team there. So I don't know. I'm, I, I guess the time will tell. And, and, you know, when we go away to play Red Bulls, that's, that's when we'll get our answer as to whether is this a team that's just benefiting from an easy schedule at the moment or is this a genuine, you know, I can't say – Eastern Conference contender. I think all of us would probably agree that that's that's gone from us at this point. But um, you know, I, I don't think it's un- completely unreasonable to say that we're you know we can finish in the top four um, at, at the end of the season. So I don't know. Um, I mean, it's, let's let's talk a little bit about Swope Park. Um, is anyone predicting us to, to lose this? I mean, it, like as as I mentioned before, eight wins, five draws at Highmark this season. Swope Park are doing well. I mean, yeah, and it, it obviously very different team. I mean, very different Riverhounds team from the first game of the season. But even that game, our second game of the season, I guess, is when we played Swope. But like, I mean, we we had them so bad in that first game, and then we fell asleep for like fifteen minutes in the second half and gave up too. I yeah, just, with I mean, that, that game ended two-two. Yeah, right. Hope. Yeah, right. So I just, I just think there's, I mean, I think even in that game, we were better and should have probably won that game and and just kind of fell asleep. So, I I mean, I would hope that we would be able to, with our current run of form being, what is it now, seven, one and one in our last nine, um, you know, I would, I would hope that we're able to, you know. No game's an easy game, but hopefully we're able to handle that game pretty easily. You know, and I, because, I mean, goal difference could come into play here. I mean, like it's yeah. it's it, the 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 table in the Eastern Conference right now is is fairly tight. Um, you know, Tampa Tampa and Red Bulls are kind of running away with it, but even the and Indy to to some extent. Um, but between so Nashville sitting in fourth, and we're sitting in sixth. Nashville's on 38 points and we're on 35 and they've played a game more than us. So, and right now we're even on goal difference um, with Nashville. So, you know, I don't know. I I think we're actually, we're doing pretty well in goal difference in general across, like compared to all the teams in the Eastern conference. I think only Red Bulls and Rowdies have close to 25 and then everyone else is around 18, 15, 16. And we're, we're on 18. So we're doing pretty well with goal difference here. Um, it is weird, right? I mean, Josh, you mentioned the fi- like the five nil. We went four nil here. This is not a Hounds team that uh, <laughs> that, that, that I recognize. We never put four or five past anyone, you know, in 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 recent history. Um, so th- that's the big deal, though. I mean, that's the fact that it's it. This season has had some issues, but it feels like things are starting to click perfectly now. Um, obviously not perfectly because we had a lot of opportunities in this game to even have more goals. I believe, uh, I forget who was talking to Tuffy after the game, but he said, you know, it should have been eight <laughs> zero. It's like, well, c- calm down. But, uh, <laughs> but there were some opportunities at the beginning of the game. In fact, uh, Velarde had one of those opportunities, I think like around the 20th minute, yeah. um, he, uh, where, you know, some of these sh- could have been more goals in this game. 
so we are in rare form, and I do think this is a very promising. I'm not saying we're gonna, you know, become the number one team in the East because of the fact that it's gonna be hard to do that mathematically. But this is a game, or this is a team that could be making a huge run if they keep this up. So well, yeah, and and so I think you're right to go back to the Memphis game. We kind of jumped by that and and didn't really wrap it up neatly. So let's let's go back to the Memphis game real quick and, and kind of finish that off. Um, can we? Can you guys pick out maybe a, a man of the match uh, performer? I mean, I know we've already talked about it. it. Felt like you couldn't say one bad word about anyone on the team in this game. It did feel like everyone was kind of at the top of their game, and uh, I think we could probably say three or four answers here, and, and everyone would be in agreement. Um, Justin, do you have a do you have a man of the match? Yeah, I mean, I think for I think this was Steven Dos Santos's best game. I thought he played fantastic the other night. Um, I thought he made a difference in the match. Maybe, maybe more than he has at any point this season. Um, but I think he just, I mean, I think he played a really quality game um, and caused a lot of problems for for Memphis. Um, and so I think he. One of the things that I was talking to somebody about over the last couple of days was I think he's figured out how to stop getting hacked all the time and so he's staying on his feet a little bit more um and able i think he's he was drawing a lot of fouls but i think he's now able to play soccer rather than just draw fouls all the time um and so i think that makes him way more effective than he has been previously but i thought he just had a really good game yeah i mean at, at the beginning of the season i, I couldn't have guessed that dos santos's best position would have been like behind a striker yeah, right. like Brett. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he just looks like a target man who's going to lead the line and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, it's been nice to see him kind of evolve into this role as the season goes on. Uh, Josh, what about you? Um, I think Forbes actually had a fantastic game. I know he's not on the score sheet, but he had two assists this game. Um, and he was just a force to be reckoned with. And his passing accuracy this game was great. I can't remember exact numbers, but I know that he had one of his better games. Um, when it comes to that and he was just all over the place and just I thought on form like it was it was great to see and yeah Forbes is probably one of our most consistent players I I struggle to remember like a off game for Forbes where you can you can remember even off games for like Greenspan or whatever you can remember off games for for Kerr or you know Jordan Dover or whatever but I I really struggle to remember an, an off game for Kenny yeah, surprised you uh, had Kerr on the, uh, the front of the mind when you said off games there. I wonder what that's about. Bias. Um. <laughs> Your agenda. Uh, but, <laughs> but no, and, uh, something that's kind of circling back also, something I wanted to make sure we did forget about, uh, Adewale. He had a great game, obviously. He yeah. had a goal. And he is up for goal of the week on USL. What do you think about Which, that? It's kind of interesting because none of us said that goal was our favorite goal yeah. of this game. I mean, yeah. that was a really pretty goal. There are times there are times where center backs will jump up into that ball and just like head it over the net. He just got the perfect amount of glance off of his forehead and, and it very easily went in the back of the net. So, I mean, that was a really pretty goal for sure. It was a great goal. And like, it was no doubt. definitely one of Forbes' best set pieces yeah. this oh, all yes. all season. Like that was one of his best passes. The Steel Army tweeted out at the after the game on uh, Saturday that Forbes had seventy four passes with ninety six percent accuracy. Ooh. 
Who dog? That's right. That's what it was. That's that's <laughs> nuts. Because again, that's not a center back just passing it to his other no. center back. Like yeah. that's that's someone controlling the midfield. That's crazy. Wow. That's yeah. That's something to be in awe about. <laughs> what about you, uh, man? Matt? Um, it's. I don't know. I, I like I have a very strong bias towards Mertz right now just because he's the exciting like new toy, you know? It's like he's <laughs> like he's all, every, you know, it's it's easy to talk about him. Um, you know, he's this emerging rookie, he's from Pittsburgh, all that kind of stuff. And so I think my mind automatically notices his like, you know, good moments in the game more so than other players. So I like I know my heart wants to say Mertz um, but there were other players. I mean, like, Ryan James continues to impress oh, me. I so mean, like, once again, you're talking about fitness. I mean, like, th- there, were, there were a lot of moments where from his fitness alone, he can, you know, do a 30-yard sprint and, and be there for a pivotal moment in, in the attack to help support the attack. What, what was... Was it Ryan James who delivered Dos Santos's yep. goal? Ryan yeah. James got the assist on yeah. Dos Santos' goal. I mean, a- after after a long game, you know, in the 70th minute to 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 do that, and I thought he was great defensively. I mean, and once again, he's he's kind of turning into this year's Vonky Azio. I mean, it, it, he finishes the end of the game in the midfield um, next to next to Kenny and Davo. Um, so I mean, you know, he's 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 an extremely versatile player. He's extremely fit and all that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah. I, I, just another shout out to Ryan James because I think he's he's growing into the season a lot. Um, another, I, I also want to take time to recognize it's not often. I mean, so both of you were at the game, um, but listening, I have the pleasure to listen to to Matt, um, Paul, and Gene, and it's not often all three of them get on the commentary. Um, but this game, there were all three of them, and it was great. I, it's. It's it's easy to kind of, I don't know, to forget how great it is when you listen to to how, like away games or, or whatever, and you hear the other commentators talk about the game. But uh, the, the the three of them together really make it enjoy, an enjoyable experience to, uh, to 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 watch and listen to the game. Um, and I think I think they agreed that their player of the match was Dos Santos um, as well. So yeah, nice. Dos Santos had a good game. Um, uh, on that subject of having all three of them, uh, I believe. Uh, he, Tuffy has talked about a couple of different places, but talking about having games, home games televised uh, locally as well as yeah. away games. Uh, they're going to try to do that next season. And I think Which, having... Say, what, say that again. I, I say that again. I, I think I interrupted you. So having them televised for like away games and having Matt, Paul, and Gene... No, no, no. Oh, having okay. home games also be on TV. Right for uh, instead of just away games. Because right. right now, the only games that are televised on CW are away games. Got it. How awesome would it be to have home games televised? Because then it gives them the opportunity for you know local people to hear yeah. these three who are really knowledgeable and can really talk up this team and having them be kind of ambassadors for the team for people who are just tuning in on CW or whatever. Yeah, will be awesome. Yeah, well, they just they just have great chemistry too. I mean, like there's yeah. so many times you listen to like commentators and co-commentators that just it feels weird and it's not it doesn't really flow but them it's like yeah i feel like i'm sitting by the fire in a nice leather armchair just listening to the game watching it with them and it's 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 really good they do a really good job um speaking of like the whole big announcements i mean justin i we have you we haven't had you on um i mean if a, a ton has happened in the club over the past couple of weeks with the 
with the new training facility, with the the club actually owning the land under under the stadium, you know, potential stadium expansions, all that kind of stuff. Do you do you have any comments to talk, or do you, do you want to talk about that at all? We don't have to. We can no, just, no, no. we can breeze right by it. <laughs> no, no, I don't think I don't think we necessarily need to have a conversation on it. But I mean, it, it's all exciting, right? And I think the more that the Riverhounds name can be out there, um, and in the public eye, and and in the in the news, and you know, when that training facility gets finished and started and all of a sudden, that's going to be on the, you know, that's going to be in the newspaper. It's going to be on the news and, and different things like that. And so I think anything that can help with those sorts of, um, you know, with those sorts of things, I think even, I mean, even was, was that today that that kid from the RDA got signed by the Unions Academy? And I think that like, I mean, even that is just a huge thing for somebody in our academy to be noticed by an MLS academy and being, you know, purchased or whatever they do at that level of, um, with that level of player. But I just think that is, I mean, I just think that is really cool. Um, and so, I, I mean, all these, all these things that um, can make, you know, having, having the parking lots and all that kind of stuff that I think can make a huge difference in the game day experience will ultimately i think help the team so i mean i'm excited for i'm excited for all those things and just feel like any of those things that continually keeps this team in the news whether it's them actually playing or other things will help this team in the long run so i'm excited about i'm excited about those things finishing off this episode talking about the future let's keep talking about the future um as weird as it sounds to to count um 14 games left in the season uh six of them are home and uh we have some tough ones coming up uh we we've we've talked i mean josh you kind of alluded to it there you know and and justin i think i I don't think any of us are under the illusion that we're going to maybe finish first or even second but um with this year's and correct me if i can't remember what the playoff structure was last year but what this year it's the eighth and seventh seed play each other and then the fifth and sixth seed play each other no seven and ten and eight and nine play each other that's what it is and then low seed plays one next low seed plays two was that how it was last season no it was eight teams got in last year right but there's a play in round this season yeah. for ninth and tenth. They have to or something like that. No, not seven and se- yeah, yeah, seven through ten. Seven and ten play each other. Eight and nine play that's each right. other. Yeah, that's right. Okay. So just just at that level, I think it's it's important to at least finish above seventh, because yes. if you're if you're six or higher, you don't have to play that play-in game. You're just you're in the main you know part of the playoffs. So at the, at the very least. We, we, we want to shoot at six or higher. We're, we're at sixth right now. We have a game in hand on most people. I think Indy are the only other team that has also played 20. We've played 20. Um, everyone else has either played 22 or 21 above us. Um, so it, it, it's important to, to try to finish as high as possible. Guys, where do you think realistically this, this team is, is sitting? I mean, we've clawed back a lot of points from North Carolina. Not too long ago, North Carolina was higher up in the table, and, and we were looking at them from, from pretty far away. Now we're two points back from them, two games in hand. Uh, Nashville is only three points ahead of us, they, and we, have, we still have a game in hand against Nashville. Um, how, how do you think this ends up realistically? If, if, I had to ma- if I'm forcing you to do like a midseason prediction here of, of how we're going to end. Um, Josh, what do you think? 
I think fourth place fourth place is very reasonable uh, with a possibility of third, but most likely fourth. Justin? Yeah, I would say the same thing. I mean, my ceiling is three. I think, um, you know, we're nine points back of the Red Bulls in second place with two games in hand. So, and we have games left against them. So there, there's a couple six-point swing games there. Um, so I just think, I mean, I think we could... Indy, in, like, there's, we're not catching Tampa. Indy, yeah, no. I think, like, Indy is the team that sort of scares me right now as far as where we finish in the table and is, like, most dependent on their results as to, like, where we finish in the table. Um, and so I think, like, but other than that, I mean, I think we can catch Red Bulls with our games in hand and having to play them. Um, so I think third is the ceiling. Four is where I would expect. I think we're a game out of fourth place right now with games in hand on the teams in front of us. So, I mean, I think four is completely reasonable. Three is sort of the ceiling. Well, and let's do the like logistics here. So, Justin, you laid it out. So, seven plays ten in the play in the play in yeah. round. Yeah. Um, eight plays nine, and then what? The winner of those, whoever's the lowest seed remaining, plays the first seed, right? Yep. And then. Yeah. This, whoever's left plays the second seed. Yep. And then what? Three plays six, four plays five. Yep. So you know the difference between third and fourth could be whether or not you're playing the fifth or sixth you know place team. That could be pretty big. We also want home advantage, all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, whereas last season, I think all of us was just excited about the idea of you know playing a playoff game, home at Highmark, all that kind of stuff. It's obviously still the case. We all we all want to see that, but it feels like now more than ever, you know, you could bring anyone to Highmark, and we're going to feel confident <laughs> going going through. So I feel like a home playoff game that'd be huge for us to to make a deeper run of the playoffs. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's I, I it's weird. Just to, it feels like maybe a month ago, all of us were like, "Are we a playoff team? We don't know." And all this. <laughs> You know, Justin, you mentioned what? You said like seven wins and like one loss in the past like eight games or something like that. I mean, this is, we have to be one of the most informed teams in the league. Um, we have one more easy game ahead of us. Uh, yeah. And then stuff gets real with 13 games left. I just think like, and I think like this is, I feel like last year at this point, we had already started seeing like cracks in the armor. Like, I think it was like because our season was sort of reversed last year that we kind of started out stronger and then sort of faded toward the end of the season. At this point in the season, we started seeing those cracks. There was some weird games. There was that weird one against Indy that, you know, finished 2-2. And just like, there were just like crazy games kind of all along this kind of stretch of the season. And I think it's just so different at this point, looking at our last nine games or so, and like, oh yeah, we won seven of them, um, you know, and feeling like, like you said, like we're looking at three, six, you know, three, four, playing five and six. There's no, I mean, none of the teams in this like chunk of teams right here that we're in right now, as far as North Carolina, Nashville, Ottawa. None of them scare me at this point in the season, the way we're playing, you know, and the the way we played at the beginning of the season, I would have been like, maybe Francois beats us himself if we right. go play Ottawa, you know, all of that kind of stuff. But I think at this point in the season, I'm like, I don't know. None of those teams really scare me at all. You know, Tampa still scares me a bit. You know, uh, Indy, I think if they ever get their scoring issues figured out, they're definitely a really good team. Um, New York can have their day. 
past that, I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> These teams just don't scare me. So, and especially coming to Highmark, like you said, I just don't, I don't see us struggling at home. But I thought that last year too, but we were on a di- very different stretch. It, yeah, and it felt like last year we were, like you said, it felt like we were kind of limping towards like one nils or two nils. And yeah. we just look so dominant now. We look right. a completely different team. And there's 13 games left, so a lot could change in those 13 oh, games. Yeah. But, <laughs> but it just feels it just feels very different right now. Yeah, 14. But I think we're all assuming a win against Folk Park, so that's fine. <laughs> let's not assume a win. I, let's. let's I, ah, I hate. I have. I have a problem being confident uh, in with my soccer teams for some reason. No, no reason why. But <laughs> assuming a win just feels so dangerous. All right. Is there is there any uh? Last points here that you guys want to talk about before we wrap this up? That's all I got. Justin? That's all I got. Well, That's thanks for I coming got. on the show, Justin. We appreciate yeah, it. you're welcome. Things kind of fall apart when Mike isn't here. Um, <laughs> I'm sure he'll love hearing that. Um, all right, so <laughs> let's, let's wrap this up. Thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get your custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Head over to mongols.com to hear all of the shows that we put out, including the preview shows and the post-game full 90. There you can also click over to the store and get yourself some sweet merch. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at mongols and email us at mongols at bgm.fm. Please, please email us. Um, maybe you are emailing us and Mike is just keeping it from us and he's not telling us all the great questions you guys are asking. I tend to doubt it, but please, please ask us questions. We would love to, to kind of have your conversation topics uh, on here and discuss them. Um, also at Mongols Pod on Instagram. Uh, head over to iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, or wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe to the show. Please leave us a review. Otherwise, let us know what you thought about this show. And thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you very, very soon. <laughs> say cheers. <laughs> so nope. I can say later. <laughs> cheers. <laughs> later. <laughs>